I'm going to take a look at the email I sent you again, because usually what I wrote to you, I write it yep. down on a piece of paper and I have notes in front of me. But right. um, I got lazy because I emailed it to you and didn't write it down. So <laughs> I just need to pull it up okay. so I can take a look at it at least because, um, yeah, I just want to make sure I don't forget about the particular things that I wanted to ask you about. Totally. Um, and I realized I should have been doing that with some of my other guests, too, because I always have an idea about some of the things I'd like to talk to them about, but I should give them a heads up. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's probably a good, good idea. idea. It's a good it idea. Seems... The publicist, you need that. Right. Okay. Actually, you know what? Okay. I'm going to start right now with the show, and I'm going to cut from where before I just said, you know what? It'd probably be a good idea to give people a heads up. So to everyone out there, thank you so much for tuning into the Ready Fox Show. I am joined today by a longtime friend, actually, uh, Chrissy Newton. Yeah of vocab communications how are you i'm good how are you i'm okay it's been uh it's been years actually since i've seen you it's been a minute and And this is the time we see each other is during covid (laughs) have have you not found this to be the case though that um you've been kind of reconnecting with a lot of people that you haven't in a long time in the past yeah i have and even just making new relationships too online has been really interesting and not just in toronto all over the world me too so that's i think that's where this has been the positive side out of COVID. If you look at it that way, that we've been able to to create new relationships and, you know, and talk to people. Because I've been telling people, you know, COVID's the one thing in the entire world that everyone's experienced universally. Right. So if you, you everyone has a COVID story. Yeah, every, every it's a shared experience COVID. globally it for is, the yeah. first time, like, I've in yeah. any, maybe ever, I guess, isn't ever, it? I would say, yeah. The only thing I could say, maybe war would be one but but even then we don't really understand that in in our context of of that like we don't in north america we don't really understand because we're not one of those countries that deal with it on on a regular basis thank god right (laughs) thank god let's count our blessings for that everybody and do you by any chance do you ever watch uh, al jazeera i don't really watch it no i i know people talk about it and i but i don't it's not on my radar all the time. Okay. I know I should though. Well, it's, just it's not about being. It's not about whether or not you should or not. But it's just, um, just to what we're speaking about in terms of how we're lucky that we don't deal with war on a regular basis. And again, yeah. it always makes me think. This is what Al Jazeera has done for me: is that it helps me to appreciate the luxury that we're living in here in North America. So even when you do have a bad day, it's it's nothing compared to millions of people on the other side of the planet that are. Their their good day would be your worst day of your right? life. Like, you know what I mean? So Al Jazeera is what helped me to see that, basically. In terms well, of- and I think everything's perspective, too, right? Of course, It's yeah. all different perspectives. You know, we look at people, too, that are in different class levels in Canada as well, too, or all over the world. And they have different perspectives because the way they grew up is different than somebody who grew up, let's say, in the Middle East or or in different countries within Africa. Like it's, it's all based on perspective. And I think on how you've developed as a human as well too, and, and nurture and nature and, and all of those things as well. Because I don't think it's fair to not, because someone might have more money than say you and I to not validate their feelings and their experiences. Of too, course right? not. And that's, so, and that's the thing that Al Jazeera can do for some people. And I recommend anybody out there, if you are into at least watching the news and I don't fault you for not watching the news because it's not fun to see all the time. And um, after the whole George Floyd thing, for me, I had to turn off the news completely, utterly and yeah. completely. And um, I've been slowly working my way back into seeing news again, to be honest with you. But um, seeing yeah. the, the whole thing of the George Floyd thing did an utter number on me. Like, I was traumatized by it, like, utterly. Like, I really was. Yeah, my, I was in the same boat when I opened it. And also, as, like, a Caucasian female. Right. 
I can't even imagine what it feels like to be on the other side of but the But you still feel it like from the human perspective, though, Chrissy. It's like, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That's the yeah. whole thing of it, too. It doesn't really matter if you're... Yes, it matters if you're black, because we can definitely relate to it simply because we can substitute family members' faces for what we're witnessing, right? So it can take yeah. on that whole personal level, which is something that I did myself, personally, when I'm, I was dealing with the whole emotional processing of what I witnessed. And... um but yeah. just on a normal human level, whether you're white, Asian, whatever, you're going to be appalled by what you see. It's just if you're, oh, yeah. if you're not appalled, then I'm looking at you sideways. Then I'm like, yeah. OK, what team are you yeah. on? Because yeah. anybody on an, any basic human. Decency, you're not team human. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no. basically. Yeah. And their PR sucks to team right. non-human. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. They, they, they suck. Yeah. yeah. They, they, there's no PR for those guys. There's, <laughs> there's none. You guys just got to <laughs> stop doing what you're doing for the most part. So yeah. I, it was really uh, traumatizing for me. But what was it like for you, though? Like, um, did you seek it out to see it? Because uh, you're a media person, no. so to speak. So I watched two seconds of his his like his knee on the neck and then i shut it down right because i i don't believe in making you know or how watching those things i know there's a fallout that comes with it even watching that and knowing that he's saying i can't breathe is enough for me right. and it's enough for fallout like that shouldn't even have happened let's At be all. honest yeah no it, it, it shouldn't even be a video that we should be watching so when that happened the next couple of days i just went are you serious? See, like, oh, okay. and I just, and it just, and it resonated. Like it stayed with me right. for a really long time. Okay, but and let's talk that, about this. That's what hurt. Let's yeah. talk about this for a sec though, because that's what you're saying. This, this whole aspect of the video getting shared. Now I want to pick your PR brain about this now, because yeah. uh, this is a thing where I can see why some people will argue the case that it's newsworthy that maybe should be seen because Perhaps if I had not seen it, I wouldn't be on the path that I'm on right now, right? That's so true. It, yeah. it, it inspired me enough that I felt like I needed to do more. If, because usually for these kind of things, I skip right over the video. I will. Like, I don't need to yeah. see it. I don't need that image in my mind, right? I can read the article and get all the information I need. That's good enough for me, right? I don't yeah, need... I'm not... Yeah, I'm not like I think that we need people need to film things like that. In my mind, when I say that, it means it shouldn't even be happening. Oh. Like when I say that, like we shouldn't even be filming things like that because they just shouldn't even be happening at all. Right. And right. that's how I that's how I look at it. Where I go, really, like why? But what about the responsibility why? of media in terms of sharing? And I, and I I do agree that in context they do have to share because these are things that we need to bring light to, and these are how we're having these conversations as individuals and as people I really don't believe that media outlets and government you know they're there to help us and guide us in certain times but I also really do believe that people should be making these decisions and guiding the government and having those conversations with the government in in hand and saying we this is what we want we want change this is what the masses want I believe that people in large groups make right decisions yeah and I think that we need to have as individuals and citizens more say in what happens. I'd, so those videos need to come out in context and so that we can, we can have other conversations because if we don't air those things or talk about them, it's, we're not, it's not going to come to light. I'm not sure if big groups make good, make a good decisions though. 
sometimes I think they do. It depends on what the decision is, but it doesn't mean that we have to follow. I just think that people, we don't give enough respect to people and the yeah. way that they, and, and their own thoughts and giving them responsibilities oh. to make the right decision. I think, I think majority of people do. I feel that they do. You, and- may, you might be right. You might be right in that. I think it's sometimes the majority gets duped by an individual who gets the power Correct. in terms of making the decisions that affect Correct. that majority. That's the problem there. That's- yeah. Well, and the problem with cancel culture now really does that. It silences everybody. Yeah. So when you silence everybody, you, you don't give anybody a chance to go and make change and get people together. You know, like, for example, Black Lives Matter. Right. That is a group of people having a voice and making change. So that is a, that's a prime example of people standing up against what's happening. Okay. I think we need more of that in the world. Okay, like we so- need more people doing that. That It doesn't mean it's left or right. I mean by doing stuff that we know that is that is against people doing mass hate and people then having conversations that are negative and violent. Right. Those are things I just don't think they stick with any form of politics or left or right. I think everyone should agree that hate and killing people is not appropriate. You would, you would think so. It pr- right. seems pretty straightforward on the list of inappropriate shit. You would hope. You would yeah, think, you would, right? You would hope, right? That would be, would that would be at the top of my list of things that are inappropriate. Murder. How about that? Right. Or just, right. Or just hate. Pedophilia. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, Anything like that. I could probably yeah. go on for a while for the list, but I mean, like, right. it seems like it would be common sense, but clearly it's not, or I don't know what it is, but... Yeah. From from your again PR savvy perspective, when you see people doing the all lives matter thing, how would you? Because not everybody is going to be able to respond to that in a necessarily eloquent way, because it really riles the uh, the buttons when you're responding to people like that. Have you encountered having to deal with anybody that's kind of on that mental ilk of the doing the the dismissive all lives matter response when they hear Black Lives Matter? Yeah, I've seen it. I think a lot, a lot of people do the gang mentality on social and want to attack and call them out and say they're a racist or a bigot. I don't really believe in a mob mentality. I believe that you need to educate individuals and so that you have to go in and have, if they're open to have those conversations and say, here's, this is how this affects the community and here's how it affects me and talking them through it instead of mass publicly humiliating them because sometimes people are making decisions, but they don't, realize or have all of the facts mm-hmm. and they don't even know they're being ignorant. Yeah, so they're sometimes, just going off of their opinion for the most part. Right. And if that person isn't open-minded, well then, you know, geez, good luck on that one. Mm, but yeah. sometimes you need to give that person that space to say, hey, maybe you need, this is, a t- this is a time that I can educate you and maybe this can change and we can change together. I don't think we do that enough as humans and as I people I think we're doing together. it more now though. It's happening now so. today. It's definitely happening. That's part so, of, the, yeah, that's part of so. my optimism for what I've been seeing. Like we're having this conversation yeah. now. It took something like this for us to get reconnected again yeah. um, because I've known you for so long and I see you doing your thing with your PR company and it's great and you're just doing so well and I'm so happy for you, Chrissy. Like honestly, it's so Thank awesome you. and I think I really kind of witnessed it from the very beginning for the most part from uh, when you got it started and I just the hustle. Yeah, it's the hustle. <laughs> but that's the thing. I've only known you as just the nice Chrissy that works really hard. That's what, that's, what, <laughs> Thanks, that's, that's just. I appreciate that. That's pretty yeah. much. But I don't think about it in terms of all the PR stuff. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to talk to her soon. I could just catch up with her, but I should maybe at least look at some of her PR stuff because <laughs> it's what she does or whatever. Because I'm going through Instagram and I seeing I'm seeing a. 
people or whatever. And I'm Instagram more now because I'm trying to be more yeah. active. And I came across you and I was like, oh my God, it's like, how long has it been since I've even spoken it's been to a Chrissy? Long time. And yeah. then when we had the conversation uh, on the phone before we're having the conversation now, I was like, I was even more justified in saying, we need to have the conversation we're having now because that phone conversation, yeah. you brought up a lot, brought up a lot of interesting points. And um, part of the conversation that we we're having was this initiative that I'm working on, which we can talk about a little later. But yeah, let's sure. let's backtrack before Black Lives Matter a bit to the pandemic. How was yeah. it for you from your company and running business and how quickly did you have to adapt on the fly? And how was it a hard hit for you or were you able to kind of pivot pretty easily? Well, I wouldn't say it was a massive hard hit, okay. but it was I had to pivot. That's for sure. It slow, I slowed down. I would be a lot busier now throughout the summer than I, Especially, than I would be. Especially because there'd be so many events going on right now. Exactly. Right. So, But I've noticed that the community's been really great. And we work across North America. So I've had different clients in, on all of different areas call me, which is great. So work's still moving. For sure, it's slowed down, which is not great. But it's also picked up. So the first two months, it was a little bit slower because everyone was deciding what they do with their budgets, what's going to happen. And then we had, thankfully, the civil rights movement again, too. So a lot of people are going, what's going on? Am I able, I'm able to, I'm able, am I going to be able to push my music? Uh, I have a brand. Is this going to get any noise? Everyone's just talking about COVID and Black Lives Matter. And so a lot of the times you have to pivot and talk to them. And there's a lot of education, you know, thankfully contracts, you know, didn't disappear. Some just went on hold and started again. So you just have to keep hustling. Have, That's what it is. Have you, a lot of your clients been having kind of like big freakouts about it because it feels like not they're... freakouts. Okay, I won't call it a freakout. More just concerns, right? About you know, it's and hard. for them, like for artists, yeah. especially music artists, like think about it. Yeah, their whole livelihood has got flipped on its head because what if you? There, I'm sure there are tens of artists. I don't even need to know any of them by name per se to say they had plans for touring during the summer. Oh, and yeah. doing shows, especially, and it's, I would think it's even harder on the younger artists that are just getting their start in their careers that need all the publicity they can get. And for the amount of years that they've been putting in this work, because there are no overnight successes, right? No, no. And a lot of them, we've just said, you know, you can't tour right now. But what you can do is build your social media presence, start playlisting, lean hard into digital, create content. If time's a low time now, keep creating everyone wants to see that if it's labels media everyone else we want to consume even though music consumption is down and podcasts are down from consumption it doesn't mean it's not going to go back up i don't understand why music consumption is down everyone's stuck in their homes well it's because people usually listen to music when they drive and same with podcasts they listen to podcasts when they drive Hmm. so those metrics are i i find interesting too but the metrics are down for that but it doesn't mean that it's not going to go back up and these things need to happen people I think even though your career is great, not COVID, but civil rights wise, you need to step aside like the music industry did and said, we're going to black out and we're going to step aside because we need to have these conversations and everyone needs to do that. It doesn't matter what industry you're from. We need, I think we need to do that more with different types of movements as well too, as people, as we get together and come to consensus that these things aren't right and start having movements like that. I think they're great. COVID COVID's going to be here for a really, really long time. Yeah. It's, so we need to learn and adapt and and find ways to pivot to make business and and work with our communities and be entrepreneurial. Yeah. That's, this is the time to do that. Sorry, yeah. At least musicians, you guys, you've got a ton of material to work with right now. I would think you guys could write albums literally about. So that's Bob Dylan yeah. literally. <laughs> 
became a legend off of. But a lot. So here's this: I've been talking to labels, and they said to me that a lot of people in the music industry and artists that would be touring right now are really upset. So this is not the '60s counterculture movement that everybody was making music and right. They're saying a lot of I artists think it would really be. Sad. That's what I said too. I said the same thing. Some artists are Where's- like we really. But we, I, we did. We're like, I'm gonna, I'm totally gonna plug this band. But we released, yeah, Black Denim released a song with from Run DMC, DMC called Sharks, and it's they wrote it before the actual movement, and it has everything to do with the movement, and they released it with them. It's a killer song. It's like a throwback to Can classic hip hop days. Can you say the name of the band days. again? Like, I, you... uh, Black Denim, B L A, yeah, B L A K D E M I N. And what's Black their, Denim. what's their Instagram there for people that want to check it's, them out? Uh, at Black Denim, and the song's called Sharks, and it's with uh, Run DMC's DMC. All right. Well, there you go. Okay, I'm going to check it out for sure. It's really good. But yeah, Yeah. this is what better time for artists to, like, kind of dip your soul in this and sing about it. Even from whatever your perspective is, you have a perspective, don't you? It can't just, like, sing about if you're confused and you don't know what to say, write about that, sing about that. Like, there's you can write a song and... I don't. I would think that this would be an amazing time for artists to really get in there, like a Bob Dylan-ish type. But for 2020, whoever the new Bob Dylan of 2020 would be, you should be writing a shit ton of songs right now, bro. You should be yeah, like, right? <laughs> like, you should be writing nonstop. Yeah, it's true. And it's some some are. I'm not saying that all of them. Some people are. I bet you we're going to come out with some really great music in the next kind of like. It can't fall all be from hip hop. It can't all be from hip hop. No, you guys, I agree with that. Because hip hop's doing its job everywhere. right now. Hip hop is. It dumb- is. Like the baby's song, there, um, uh, the bigger picture right now is still by far the greatest thing I've heard since yeah. the Black Lives Matter. It, you, if you haven't listened to it yet, definitely take it in. But it's just, oh my we'll god! Take a it, listen, yeah. I, I watched the video and it made me cry. The video made me cry oh, really? watching it. It's so powerful, and it's like, it, he's. I'm a fan of this artist now, the baby, and I haven't really been paying a lot of attention to the newer hip hop artists that have been coming up because I just don't relate to a lot of the yeah. stuff that they're rhyming and even though i work with tons of hip-hop artists i'm still i'm an 80s 90s 2000s fan of the 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 genres i it's all on my spotify from new stuff to old stuff but i like that this the r&b starting to come back right now Mm -hmm. you know i like that this this hip-hop kind of older sound is coming back Mm -hmm. it makes me really happy well i'm sure you're jake i'm not a massive trap fan so yes i am yeah, yeah, and I'm not a massive trap fan, so no, no me neither. And that's the thing; yeah. I, I think we're probably going to like the same type of artists, like Kendrick Lamar, yes, or J Cole, and probably still yeah. listening to Jay Z as well. I'm sure you are. Oh gosh, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, I still listen to Kanye too. Oh really? You're still listening to him, really? Even I now? still listen to yeah. Kanye. I, I, I do. <laughs> you know, I have this thing with Kanye where sometimes I think that he means well. He's just really bad at communicating, and so you don't he think just, he's got mental health issues. Oh, no, he does. He okay. said he did, too, in the right. Oval Office when he was talking to Donald Trump. He said that he was suffering from being bipolar. So I think that that is a huge conversation. But I also just think that because of the mental health, he's having a hard time expressing the positive sides of what he wants to do. And it's, sometimes he might be confused. You, a lot, I haven't watched the recent stuff that's come out. I don't so want to see it. I don't... Uh, Sometimes it's always hit and miss. I think he means well. Like sometimes I think he really does. And sometimes he says things that are really positive. And then one minute you're going, I don't understand what you're trying to say. It started so, out so well, but it's, I got to the point really where did. I was always, the, but he, I always, there's the, that, that fine line of genius 
and the border of into eccentricity yes. that is a bit too much for people to accept, but that's right? Kanye. Right. That's that, Kanye. I know, but he's been dipping too far on that other side a bit too much for people, yeah, yeah. and it's gotten to the point where I don't want to defend him anymore about stuff. I was the whole thing, like the Taylor Swift thing. He ran up and took the you know thing from her and said, you know, Beyonce should have whatever. What did, I can't remember what he said. But, yeah, Beyonce should have won this or something. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But it's the notorious thing of Kanye to the point where Barack Obama was like, he's a jackass because he said that, right? Like. Barack Obama yeah. literally called him a jackass publicly. The most innocent guy that never wants to cross the line, Barack Obama, said jackass. So there you go. But Kanye has done multiple things over his career where we were still writing with him, but he was still doing dumb shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And we would defend the dumb shit to people that didn't understand his music. But I got to the point where I said, fuck that. I'm not doing that anymore. This guy is just, it's a bridge too far for me. And it really started when he married into the family. Yeah, into the Kardashians. There's, I think Kanye has a lot of different types of issues and probably from stuff growing up to now, who knows? Chris, why aren't they stepping in? Like, why are they not like, so here's the thing. I understand it. And I have a family member who's bipolar. So I understand how hard they can be to control, especially when they're in that manic state. It's usually, I don't know how it varies from bipolar to bipolar person, but from what I experienced, it was almost half and half for the year. So there was depression for six months and then mania for almost another six months kind of thing and the mania part is the part where they're out of control and they've got like these delusions of grandeur about they can do almost anything and it's really you can't control them especially when they're an adult and that's when they can get into all sorts of trouble like it's it was it was so hard and now imagine someone like that with millions of dollars at their disposal oh yeah think about that so It's, it's scary I, I don't know why the Kardashians, there has to be a reason for it. It keeps it current. It keeps them in the news. It keeps Kanye in the news. He's always known for big and boisterous things, so it stays with his brand. Oh, but outside, outside of it, I'll say one thing about the fashion brand, though, too. Kanye, Kanye built his fashion brand, and nobody would support it in the beginning. Right. And then he really did make a new movement into millennials and to younger generations by the way they dress. Yes. I'm going they really did. I agree. And and I actually don't mind so I'm not into the ripped look, but I'm into like the very nudes and basics and the tights and I and I really like those neutral uh, beige colors type things. Beige colors yeah. that they that he does. Yeah. I find that I find it interesting. I find it the, the minimalism very uh, simplistic. I like that. He, I like the he clean lines. A beautiful artistic but, look to his clothing line from the jump. Right. Like right, but they didn't believe him. But right. he did it. But he also had a Kardashian that is a has major major influence within a millennial market and in fashion and massively in trends. So their partnership together is really beautiful in context of developing a brand and pushing it forward oh. because she is the muse in, into context. She can wear her the clothes and, and bring it into a new pop culture generation. I feel that if Kanye didn't have Kim, it might not have propelled as fast as it did. Mm, okay. That's an interesting so, perspective. I never see, because honestly, I want mentally nothing to do with the kardashians in terms of them crossing my radar i <laughs> i literally see that blip on my radar of a kardashian going by and i just go oh and i watch it <laughs> keep flying by and i let it go right by yeah, i don't 
Yeah, I don't watch the show, but I watch because I work in PR. I watch them for trends and I watch them how they do business because right. I find them really interesting when they do business and how they announce things and then what endeavors. When they went into tech, I couldn't believe it, but she did a good job. So I'm never going to say I don't always agree with what, what kind of part- tech did they go into? I, again, I don't pay attention app. to them whatsoever. Yeah, so I have they no built idea. this gaming this gaming app that did amazing and it was just for their family and like little cartoons and and people were buying but, it it was like living a kardashian life and it did really well in the tech space apparently well no i will never deny this okay because i i used to call them like a no talent hack family type thing and i right. do take that back somewhat because the talent that um i always assign to them now which is true is that they have a talent for getting your attention and that's yes. that is a goal. They're great at marketing. Well, sure, marketing or whatever. But there's so many different ways that they go about doing it that doesn't feel like conventional marketing to me. You know what I mean? Like um, yeah. for Kim doing the uh, photo with her basically almost naked with just the thing over her butt that basically they said broke the Internet type thing. Right. I don't was what was I can't even do you remember what that was even for? Was that for a, for was a paper magazine, a paper magazine? So that's not yeah. a magazine that they necessarily own or they don't profit from that magazine do they but for the fact that she did that photo and the risque-ness of it and for yeah. what it created as a buzz is a gold mine for them i i'm assuming that magazine probably sold more than they ever sold that yeah the well the partnership between them the magazine's really really popular it's right. like being in vogue vogue's massive they never thought i love how we got into a kardashian conversation now how did this <laughs> how happen did that happened how did this happen weird can i blame you uh, i'm blaming know. you for this you're blaming me <laughs> blaming, you're the pr <laughs> like, person you geez. yeah no how did yeah how did we get here i, I don't but, know so we um, might as well finish it we might as, right we might as well finish, it. Um, finish our thoughts so, right <laughs> yeah. so i would say right so i would say they both it's a major popular magazine and it's the same thing she never thought that she would ever be in vogue but she was i believe she did the front cover of vogue so same idea everyone profits off it um and it's artistic artistic and if you want to say depending on how you look at it that it had enough and she has enough clout the magazine has enough clout and everybody's want to is going to want to read it right. it's like doing exposés the same thing you give somebody an exclusive into your life everyone's going to go there right well so that's what they do stunt. that's what they and that but that's also why i know that, that that's what the tension created with Kanye and Jay-Z because Jay-Z yeah. and Beyoncé as iconic and popular as they are are extremely private people so yeah. once that happened with him marrying into the Kardashians i was like well that's not going to be good for his relationship with the Carters that's not going to work. And obviously we've seen the result, or at least I don't know what's happening behind the scenes, obviously. So I could be completely speaking out of my ass, but just from what we've seen publicly, we should have at least had a a watch the throne two by now. You guys, we should have at least had that. Come on, man. Clearly there's something going on there with them, but all the same, we could, I don't, know how we got here it was chrissy's fault i don't know if you guys <laughs> sorry want to rewind it's just it. funny i don't even watch the kardashians but i i watch them in a business perspective no but that makes sense from a business perspective that you're kind of seeing because it's true like they're branding monsters they know how to brand yeah. anything almost it seems like almost anything that they're going to go into is going to be successful for the most part because they have so many eyes on them constantly they've asked for it to be this way and they've done a good job of making it this way i just yeah. don't respect it yeah, yeah. i think no, hey, that's a good way of saying it. Hundred percent. I'm the same way too. When I I don't like how they might influence younger women with the plastic surgery and things that they've done. I don't. I think they need to be tra- more transparent with that because you get really young girls and su- suicide rates are extremely high right. than they've ever been because of young girls. I'm not saying it has its Kardashians. It's because of social media and lots of other things. And social media is mainly, but 
those people that with celebrityism that are doing things like that are showing little girls that it's okay to, to transform your entire self and not be comfortable in your own skin. And it's okay. You can go to a doctor and we can pump some filler in your face and you'll be fine. I don't believe in that because I think when you're that age, I'm so thankful that I didn't grow up with social media. Who are you telling? Who are you telling? I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be the person that I probably am now. I'd probably have a little more issues. We dodged the bullet. We really right? dodged the bullet. Like honestly, and yeah. I'm glad that you brought that up as well because that's the thing that I've really never liked about social media, and that's the thing that I think has been a super negative impact from the Kardashians and the likes of theirs yeah. is that they present this completely unrealistic image that these girls idolize them for and want to attain themselves. That it's just yeah. it's not cool. Do you feel they're actually? They're, do you feel that they are to the point of irresponsibility with how they go about doing it? I do. Yeah. Some people won't agree. I've had this conversation with a friend of mine too, and she doesn't think so, but I do. anything goes I feel... as far as capitalism goes as far as she's concerned, right? Yeah. I find, I think or that he. there might be. I'm not sure if it was a he or she. Yeah. It's a, for, well, for, for her, she, I think for her, she, she didn't feel that it's that celebrity's duty to really say that. And everyone has those opinions. I kind of understand it a little bit, but mm. I side to the side where if you know that you have over 6 million people far or, or any female right. that is doing a lot of work on their face and is directing at a young teen audience that are going through adolescence and they're going through changes, you need to address the, the fact that you're, you're, not, you're not perfect and that these things are done through money or through procedures. For example... Uh, I believe that one of the sisters told Kylie about her lips because everyone was doing that duck lip competition and it was ruining people's lips, little girls' lips. What were they injecting into their lips? They were using a cup to suck on it to make their lips bigger and fuller. Yeah. And, but they were causing massive bruises and, and it was, yeah. And so it became this challenge because that's what people thought that they, that she was doing, but she was really using injections in her lips. So she, she finally came forward and then that challenge really subsided, but she had to, and I'm glad she did that because we would still have, we still have issues with, with them, people doing that tons of, tons of little girls are going to get breast implants and and going to get filler in their face. And they're 19 years old. Your face hasn't developed yet. That's the thing. That's the pressure that they're seeing from social media. And they also get that peer pressure too. It's the whole keeping up with the Joneses thing on steroids though for these guys, right? Like, yeah, keeping up with the Kardashians. And this this is really the thing, Chrissy, that bothers me about social media. And you, you, you occupy the space. So clearly you care about a certain responsibility in terms of how you conduct yourself on it. So how, how have you, how have you set your own personal guidelines in terms of the things lines you will and will not cross about what you're posting personally for yourself, but also for your business. No one's ever asked me that. It's a great question. No, I don't know. We're yeah, talking. No, it's, it's great. No, okay. it's true. It's a great question. Cause like what I don't always post, especially my business stuff. I don't always get into politics. Black lives matter. We agreed with, we, we, I will support, um, and the company does too on that side and made it and it made a choice to do that because right. I feel that that's where we are hey, aligned thanks. to. Hey, totally appreciate you. Right, and yes, it's <laughs> right. appreciate you. And we should be aligning in, in that. In my in my in my thoughts, uh, people have different ones. So usually on our social medias, I don't post anything too political, um, religious based things like that. Um, do you get pressure to? What, uh, no, no, uh, no, I haven't. Uh, thankfully not. Maybe one day I will. <laughs> but I align to you know things that are more positive, you know, putting more 
positive note, if it's quotes, things like that in there. I don't always share. I share a little bit about my family and my personal life, but I don't share it all the time. Right. Sometimes I get little snippets into it too, but usually I'm pretty open. I look at my fa- my Facebook and my Instagram as a diary of my life. So my thing is that when, even though I'm using it as part of promotion, but it also is me as an actual person. Like it's right. me. It's not like a fake facade. So my thoughts are that maybe in, you know, let's say in 40 years or, or God, not 40 years, let's say when I'm passed away okay. that my nephew or somebody else that's in our family Has can go record. back yeah. can go back and go, this was my like great aunt or right. this was my cousin and oh. this is her life. And look at that and have that intimate connection and understanding. Oh, and I go, never thought about it that way. Yeah. And that's I'm, I, that I use because I also want to look at it too. I want to go back and when look at all when these memories. 80, when I'm years 80, old. yeah, right, and all right. these memories, and, and share it with people, and ha- and have those experiences. Man. So I look at it as a diary in a way. It's a diary of my life that is actually real, and with moments I get to choose. And some people can say I post too much, but they don't know why I'm doing it, and right. that doesn't matter. I only do it because I want to do it for myself, right. and it's something that I always want to remember. And I want if I have other people in my family that want to remember too, or my friends. When did you come to this yeah. revelation of doing it? like for your purpose for um, using it this way it's kind of been just evolving since i started even started like because we have our podcast but before that i just started documenting stuff the past couple years because As you i should went to your pr person like it right. makes sense but on but on the on the posterity level of it in terms of having a record for future generations and your family yeah. is an I've never really considered it in that yeah. regard because I, I want d- them I have, to look at it. I have such a go, disdain hey. for social media for all the negative reasons that we were just mentioning before in terms of the negative effects it has on young girls as well. But on everybody, I feel shitty on Insta. I used to feel super shitty on Instagram. Yeah. I, oh my gosh, yeah. I realized that I was doing the comparing thing for me like earlier on. Um, I don't do it now. I don't really care now. I'm not even really paying attention to people. And not hold on, hold on. <laughs> let me rephrase I know that. What you mean. I'm gonna rephrase I that. I yeah. am paying attention, just not um, 24/7. Yeah, is right. that a good way to put right. it? <laughs> it is. It is. It's true. I unfollowed accounts that made me feel crappy about myself. That's why I unfollowed the Kardashians. Right. Seriously, I unfollowed Kylie Jenner because I went, I'm a 30, I'm going to say my age, but I'm like, I'm a 36 year old woman. Right. Why the hell am I going to compare myself to right. a 19 year old that's like compared to be a billionaire? Right. This is, this is ridiculous. And I'm an adult female that is old enough to know the difference between what you, is negative you know and what's why positive you know for my psyche. You know why you know the difference? Because you can envision a world without social media. And that's really what it is. So it's not yeah. something that has this attachment to your life the way someone that's never known a life without social media. It's a literally point. a part of a lot of these kids' lives, if you think about it. If you're a 15-year-old, a 14-year-old, you've never known a world without social media. So it's just yeah. a normal thing. And this is the real kicker for me where it's like it's so fucked up. Because for us, the beauty of being 14-year-olds is that we had no idea about anything going on in the world other than within our own vicinity. We knew our friends, and that's it. There was no way anybody from any other school could bully us unless they came to our school physically and did it to us. But now, you can literally have friends in other high schools, or you're receiving that negative energy now from people from anywhere on the planet where we never had to deal with that. That's a whole other thing for these kids that they're dealing with. That's a whole complexity that I don't... I feel sorry for them in that regard, because you're navigating this world where you have social media, and you have access to literally anybody on the planet in that regard, but you also now have access to seeing all these people who have 
very hard to attain lifestyles, but you're seeing it on such a regular basis that you're maybe thinking that you can achieve it and it's easy to achieve without really yeah. understanding or appreciating how hard it is to achieve that lifestyle. And yeah. we weren't being exposed to that as kids. So we just had the hard, hard work mantra. Yeah. yeah. That's really all we work had hard, to play hard. That's all yeah. we really had to go by because we, we didn't have anything in terms of these unrealistic images getting bombarded to us when we were these kids ages today. Right. Yeah, we had MTV or much music at the most, at, at the, the most, most. And I'm right. dating myself. I'm that 10 years older than you. So I really can remember a world without social media. Like truly You're like 10 years older than me, ready? Uh, of course. You look yeah. great. No, I appreciate it. Yes. 47. I didn't know that you are you 47? 47. I didn't know. I thought you, I actually thought you were younger than that. You look fabulous. Oh, I appreciate it. Well, yeah, yeah I, I try not to stress on shit. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's, it's, that's the, that is the truth too. Isn't it though? <laughs> like, it, yes, it is. I'm it telling is. you guys, I know it's easier harder to do or easier what's it easier said than done hey, there you go easier yeah. said than done but don't stress over dumb shit and yeah. uh you'll have a nice complexion yeah it's so true it's so true i don't know how else to put it that's i just yeah. try i've tried to live my life by not stressing over dumb shit but a lot of dumb yeah. shit happens though yeah it does it does and you just kind of have to like like it's the one thing i learned the past two years recently was if somebody makes a comment or something happens just to be able to push it aside. Yeah. But that's something one that of the hardest things I've ever had to learn. For and all of us. sometimes understanding that it might be, it might be me that I'm the problem. Cause that's the truth. Mm-hmm. And then the other part is going, somebody's just projecting and that's really just their issues trying to right. come out on but me. That's the, that's, judgment. that's the but adult knowing person. when that is and when not it's hard. Yeah, oh but, my gosh. And you can't expect that of a teenager. You can barely expect that of a, person in their early 20s when do you yeah. really start to really start to put that shit together is maybe when you're in the mid 30s i think possibly maybe right yeah i think so yeah because i that, only that really was my like real realization of sex you know self-actualization was probably yeah my i was 33 34 when all of that really started happening more right like a new shift of self like a evolution chrissy you know 2.0 or 5.0 oh, so did, i don't know which i don't so, know what evolution i am so at. would you say yeah. around that time you kind of had a bit of a spiritual awakening so to speak yeah i would i would call it that way yeah As some people like to use that word and don't you know some people are Amen. like not spiritual or not but i i would say in that way or just a new understanding of self and and growth do you mind and then sharing? being able to uh, sure um Jeez, I came out of uh, I was in a relationship and long story short, when I when I left it, there was a lot of understanding of things that were good and bad in it and that I wanted to change about myself and also knew that some of it came from my partner as well, too. So when I left, it was it was a really awakening moment of things that I needed in my life to make sure that I'm a happy and then also to understand that the things that I needed to change to, to maybe make somebody else happy. Can I, can I question? And if I'm stepping my bounds, just say like, it's it's none of your business ready. Um, (laughs) But for, for what it sounds like to me, was it a case where once the relationship ended, you needed to really figure out how to make yourself happy? Was that what it was? Yeah, Wait, were you relying on the relationship that. for your happiness? I would no, I wouldn't say that. I realized I was losing myself in the relationship. Okay. I was losing what I was doing and, and not my drive, but I was losing my direction. Your identity and maybe? 
part of it. Yeah. yeah. Part of the identity was a, a big part of that. And with that, we will say part of that is part of awakening is lo- losing identity. Right. Um, and when I found that out, I went, wow. And, and there was other things that happened personally in that same, same time too. You know, they say when threes, things hit in threes, oh, they do. Right. So it was, it was one of those moments Then I had to step back, reflect, and then go, what do I, what do I really want in my life? So I changed my behavior of things that I would do. I brought stuff into my life like yoga. I've always worked out and did that, but I've never done yoga and I needed mindfulness and mindfulness helped me a lot and yoga helped me a lot. Yeah. And then understanding what the heck mindfulness is because I thought I knew what it was, but I go through life and I go through these moments where uh, I go, okay, I know what that is. And then like years later, I go, oh, no, no, no. I really know what that is now. That was like yoga was for me, right, to be honest right. with you. Yeah, 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 goods. yeah. I was yeah, so humbled the first time I did yoga. So yeah. humbled. It looks so easy to me. I was like, you're not exercising. That doesn't look like work. That, that <laughs> right. was like, whatever. What You're just holding that one pose for like how long? How was that? How? And then when I did it for the first time, I was like, oh, my God, I could not believe it. And this is the way I've always yeah. described yoga is mindfulness for the body. Yes. And so, right. And that's, and I look at, it's so funny you say it that way, because I say that when I work out, I use that for my body, but I use my yoga for my mind. And so Mm -hmm. I use it to, I use it for my brain. It's a workout for my brain. So, because I don't always find that yoga is a real workout for me. I love hot yoga and it can be, but when I, right but i love it new, and so but, new, and, I, and it's so funny because people say they're like well i can never go into yoga i go you need to find your yogi you need to find your instructor instructor so i found mine cheryl and i love her like so i've let's made plug her, let's plug her oh my gosh um oh my god oh my, we're trying to forget the yoga place i used to go to they're it's, gonna kill it's me in, now well Where it's in toronto i'm assuming it's you're in not, toronto, you're not yeah, traveling to quebec to, to do yoga no, i'm no. imagining can you imagine no um would you travel in, to in, quebec for for cheryl though or is there oh any? i would 100 <laughs> percent. so when i met cheryl when i met cheryl i went oh my god you're my yogi she has no idea i always talk about cheryl too she has no idea and right. i love her she's so great you walk into the class and I just feel so at home and she's just has this energy around her. That's so positive. relaxing and calming and positive. Um, and everyone, I'm not the only one who says this. People, people leave the class and we're like, don't you love Cheryl? I want to meet her. So, yeah. She, she's, she's really great. So I'll tag her actually when I share this, I'll tag because Cheryl. I've only then. recently told myself I'm going to start doing yoga more often now. Like um, I've, I've yeah. tried it. I do it so sporadically and it's again i know to do it properly you have to do it consistently or at least to get you know the maximum benefits yeah. out of it you should try to do it often and it's just good for your body just overall even and yeah. especially you guys out there too even if you're doing like heavy weights and stuff still do yes. some yoga just for the yes. flexibility of it you guys yes. and like your hips yes. will thank you you're yes. like honestly like there's all these joints that you guys are not getting worked out from just hitting the weights super hard that you would at least touch them every now and then from doing yoga. Yeah. And they say that lifting weights in yoga do the same thing for the mind. So lifting weights, you do the same thing. You have to put yourself into the present and there's some form of meditation that goes into weightlifting too. Sort so of, yeah, you, um, yeah, almost that's anything, what they say. Any, almost anything can be meditative depending on your mental approach to it. That's a good, that's a really good point. That's a good point. Yeah. The, um, a friend of mine said the same thing. Jeremy Corbell said that, Every day is an active for him. Every day is an active 
form meditation. You don't need to be sitting down. Right. Every moment of the day for him is a form of meditation and what he's doing and where he's going and his goals. And I right. said, that that's really it's a great way of looking at it. Yeah, too. everyone's got a different yeah. way of defining it because I'm very specific for my definition of meditation. So I, I again, um, I was just having this conversation with Akil uh, about meditation and we were talking about the difference between mindfulness and meditation because there is yeah. a difference once again. Yeah, um, and I think a lot of people use them in like just interjectedly like uh, they're the same thing because if you haven't learned about it you might as well think they're the same thing anyways and i don't blame someone for thinking that but once again you guys they're not the same really and truly they're not the same and for me my mindfulness is what i use to navigate the world my meditation is for when i'm here at home in my solitude and that's when i will do like a half an hour of meditation or on a daily basis or i'm sometimes not as consistent with my practicing but you do get accumulative effects or benefits from it, you guys. So even if you do it consistently and you take a break for a while, you're still getting those benefits. And I don't care if I've repeated this how many times in past episodes. Hopefully something will get through somebody's skull and they'll try it and see the benefits of it. Because we were also having this argument, me and Akil, not argument, but ex- shared experience about trying to convince other people to meditate. So yeah, have, start have, with yoga because then you can do shavasana, and shavasana is, has that you know meditation describe, kind of part. Describe to it. it for me, please, because there's so many different like ashtangas and uh, what. I don't well, even I might be saying it wrong too because I'm not a professional. Well, but neither am I. Going into when you're going into your end of your practice right. and you go to calm down and having those moments where you lay still and sometimes you're just just you're just doing breathing work and you're breathing and a lot of the times thoughts come in and come out. It's a great time to it's like a form of meditation. That's my favorite part of yoga is when I get to the cool down and I get to lay there and then I get to listen to amazing yoga music or any form of music and it drifts me into a place of understanding and or even clarity sometimes i'm working through a problem and that will help me work through a problem or even through an emotion the emotion's a big one the first time i did yoga with a group of people and I was on the mat, I started crying, like, like not bawling, but I just started crying. Because you were processing some emotion that you've been ignoring all this time and now you got nowhere to go yeah. and you're stuck with it right. now, right? Was right. that what it was? And it, it was. And yeah. it just, and it, and it, it was a, it's a very freeing moment. And then I looked to my side, my friend and I said, and she was crying too. And we just had all these little blockages oh, wow. of stuff that's going on too. And she's never, this is her first time doing yoga as well oh. with a group of people, not at home. So once I did that, that changed the way that I thought about yoga. And then I started going to a yoga place down here that I love. And I think it's really important. Whom you for can't remember they, the name of. I know. I'm like, they're going to show <laughs> Oh, Chrissy. And you're a PR person I on know, top of that too. Your me. only job is to let people to know. Say- about oh, right. places and people and things. That's your only job, Chris. You had one right. job. I swear to God, um, you had one job, new one job. Oh, ha. <laughs> yeah, look, you look at your look in your phone job. right now, Chris. You're something like I know. I want to know. Why. And people, who, if anybody's listening to this, they're okay, gonna want to well know everybody. Cheryl's studio. It's, and, well, it's not Cheryl Studio. She's an instructor there. Oh, okay. So, so well, they're about live yoga and fitness. Say How it again. You broke that? up a bit. Uh, alive yoga and fitness and where they they have yeah uh, exactly parkland and lakeshore and then they have another studio i believe that is at uh parkland and royal or sorry lakeshore and royal york okay they've two studios they do a lot of heart yoga the one i go to at parkland and lakeshore so you can come and stalk me and find me apparently if you want to oh why don't you put that out there 
Right. I don't know. <laughs> like, usually don't say where you go do yoga. <laughs> but we want to plug the yoga so they can get business yeah. and shit, but I guess. It's, but... a, it's true. But they can, um, but they, well, they're, they're also doing outdoor uh, exercise stuff uh, now because they're not open right now, right? We're right, not in that's phase, right. That's right. We're not in phase three, but they are doing outdoor yoga what about sessions, Zoom which yogas? I love. Are they not doing Zoom yogas or no? Not, they are doing classes online as well, too, with instructors. Right. So they are doing Is that. Is Cheryl doing classes. online classes? She's not. She's not. I know. Not that I noticed. Cheryl, if you're listening to this and you have been, shoot me a note because I'll be joining. Yeah, yeah. I, I will join, too. We'll both join. If Cheryl's yeah. doing online Zooms. You'll love Cheryl. Yeah. Yeah. No, I want to meet her. Like, whenever this <laughs> pandemic shit is over and done with, like, I definitely yeah. want to meet her in person just because maybe just to soak up some of that good energy. I'll just, uh, yeah. I'll just go yeah, there she, for that. But, um, yeah, she's, she's so lovely. So have you been she trying really to convince is. people to do yoga yourself? Like, trying to convert people? Uh, no, I'm not a yoga converter. No, why not? Uh, but I'll ask people to come with me if, if they want to. I started doing some aerial, aerial yoga as well, too, which I that? really liked. Uh, it's where they have like a sheet almost and then they, they string it up to the ceiling and oh. then you get in and you can make yourself into a cocoon and you do Cirque du Soleil. Uh, pretty much. Yeah. It's, I love it, but it's great to stretch it at the back right. and other, it's really great. But oh, I would hurt myself. Nope, yeah. Not doing it. Usually what I do is I, I ask people to come to yoga with me if they want to, or sometimes when people are having a hard time. And I've had a couple friends that have had some transitions in their life recently after I kind of transitioned out of my transition. Right. You know, then you find other people that are going through at it. At least so two other friends said, for the right? three, was it? Yes, <laughs> right. And so I said to them, come do yoga with me. And I, Was that one of the friends to... that had the epiphany and started crying beside you? No, 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 no. Oh, that right. was somebody else. This okay. was um, this was a, a male friend of mine where I said to him, you know, come come and do yoga with me. Right. And, experience it. and this is, it helped with mine because he's like, I can't, my mind just won't stop racing. And I said to him try yoga. I said, it helped me so much. And someone actually gave me a book about mindfulness as well, too. What was it called? Uh, it's called mindfulness. And so, <laughs> and it was just a book that was given to me. I think uh, I have it here somewhere. Is it like every day, like a 365 book? So you get one phrase each day or no, it's just, a, it's like just a, an understanding of what mindfulness oh. is oh, it's, it's, and, okay. and, and how, yeah. And why people use mindfulness. And so how did the book explain it? It just talks about just understanding like where anxieties come from and, and calming and, and how calming yourself and, and where do we look at our perspective of our lives too, right? And so it, it has more than that to it as well, but it was it was a good base to start at. And to be honest, I haven't read all of it yet, so I'm not at the end. But you're doing but, it. You're doing but the I, work. But I honestly opened up the book when I was going through a hard time and went, Okay, this speaks too much. To you. <laughs> like, oh, so you have to put it down? Oh, my God. Yeah, because I for, I had to take a break because it was just – it was intense. Right. I had to take a moment of – You weren't prepared break for to go, Well, not to speak to you. you directly. Right. right. To speak to you directly. And you go, whoo. And sometimes it happens. It's like reading outliers and, like, stuff like that. Those books that, like, just talk to you right yeah. to the core. And you yeah. go, oh, my God, I get it. And it oh, resonates. I haven't so, read outliers yet, you know. that, And I love yeah. Malcolm Gladwell. I, he's one of my favorite art authors, like, bar none. Like, there's only a handful of authors that I've read multiples of their books. And Malcolm Gladwell is one of them. But he's so out, good. Outliers is just the one I – that's just the one damn book. Well – I haven't read Perfect uh, Strangers or Talking to Strangers yet. That's the most I haven't read one. that either. I got it no. sitting here behind me somewhere, so yeah. I'm going to get around to it sooner or later. But um, 
Like There's a, another book that I just started, just, sorry, just finished reading. Yeah. It was called um, Archetypes and Chakras. And it talks about oh. our archetypes of who we are and how they're based into like, some people believe in, you know, Eastern, um, you know, conversations of chakras and stuff right, like yeah. that. It was a really great Eastern and Western approach put into one about how we look at our archetypes and then how are they based throughout our body and then how do they affect us? Mm. It's brilliant and how many times i've I, i've gone through certain it's chapters be too much and pressure you for you to remember the name of the book and the author now chrissy that's like, what it's called that's it? what it's called though um archetypes and i forget the name of the author because the first time i've read something by them i'm so bad wasn't prepared to talk about this today um it's archetypes and uh and their chakras you never know where the conversation is going to go chrissy Right, I know that's true. But archetypes and chakras. Well, but this is that's that's the book. That's the book's name. And that's the thing. Again, you guys got to understand. We're getting caught up here at the same time too. This is the first time we've spoken in quite some time. Like you used to come to the parties at least with Marina and stuff when I was DJing and all that stuff, and they were fun times. And you were always so nice to me, Chrissy. You'd always come and say, "Oh, ready? You play such good music." And I say, "Oh, thank you, Chrissy." And yeah. you're just always so cool about it. I love your, I love your music though. Like you're just such a, and I'm not saying that because we're friends. You're anyway. a good DJ. You're oh. very good. Yeah. 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 Get out of here. I appreciate it. But um, yeah. So unfortunately, you guys. Sorry. Yes, we touched on a lot of different stuff, and um, I can't even remember the list of things that I had to talk to you about. But the conversation has been amazing as it is already, and it's a lot yeah. of stuff that I think people need to hear about. And just before we wrap up with the yoga yoga stuff because we're almost out of time anyways but uh, have you found that to be the case where the stigma about yoga where it's only for women has changed I think it has but just just for the fact that you were saying that you were convincing a male friend of yours to to do the yoga it made me think and I was thinking so we're past that now right I think everybody understands that yoga is just pretty much a good exercise for you to do it's not necessarily because it's almost like it was the 80s when we felt like it was like only women do yoga yeah, that's. You know I, mean? I think that that idea is older. And also, when I go to the yoga show, there's men and women. Yeah. There's tons. So I think that's an old form. The reason why I suggested yoga for him was because it was more of the mindfulness, the, mind, the mental how thing. to get how to yeah. get out of the mind and you know and and start grounding yourself. Yeah, so because, that's why. But because I meditate as often as I do, I'm using the yoga for the physical thing of it. Like that's really what it is. Like it's still mentally yeah. challenging because the same way working out is just mentally challenging. Like you're trying to push yourself physically beyond, you know, to reap the benefits of having a stronger body. Right. Yada, yada, yeah, yada. Sure. And also I appreciate the flexibility and just being limber and, you know, not having pain in my hips and in my lower back and, you know, yep. all the little things that come with aging. Sorry. Well, not it's sorry, true. but it's facts. It's, true. it's like do yeah. yoga once in a while and you won't get those aging pains quite as bit, quite, quite as much. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I just, I find, and also when I come out of yoga, I'm just, I'm really happy and I feel a lot lighter. Yeah. And I know this sounds yeah. so cliche, but it's true. The cliche is there for a reason. Right. Yeah. Some cliche, all those stereotype things are because th- it's true. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, and that part of yoga, some people might not feel like that, but it also, again, you might have to go to a different studio and find your instructor. Every studio is different. I've gone to studios where I haven't really liked the instructors. So I just never a, went to that so studio. Important. It's so important. If, important. if you don't like the I instructor. I think it's the most important. Yeah, yeah, it has to be because they're, yeah. you're kind of trusting them. You're almost letting them into your mind, so to speak, because yeah. I don't know for you, but a lot of the time I've actually got my eyes closed because I'm really focusing on my body. Again, for me, it's for the physical. So if I'm in a studio with an instructor, I probably will have my eyes closed. So they're really kind of 
having an opportunity to seep into me because I'm just getting the auditory senses from them. But it's, you know, with the eyes closed, you know how you're kind of, you're taking them in more, you know what I mean? And you're still putting yourself through this physical strain with this person talking and instructing you through it. And it's like, you're trying to be one with them almost in terms of what you're doing with them. Right. So if the instructor, if they're, if they're lame, (laughs) yeah, if they're lame, it's just the whole experience is just shot to shit. Just, Right. And if you don't connect with them, you don't say you have to connect with them fully, but if you don't like their practice, then there's tons of the other ones that are great. But the other part too is about going to yoga. Lots of people that go have all different degrees of ability to be able to do it. So some are just beginners and some are really advanced. It doesn't matter. Nobody's judging. That's the one thing I love about Alive is that when I go in there, you, there's no judgment. This yeah. isn't one of those never ever have I ever gone yoga, yoga studios. Yeah. No, it's never. like well, it's owned by a husband and a wife, and they just had a baby, and they have these two studios, and they're really great, and they love yoga, and they're just good people, yeah. and they just want to run a small business, and I'm so in on that. Right, and they just want a great community because they want. I feel that they want to wake up every day and like going to their job. That's all that matters. Rest. Oh my yeah. god, I'm, that's another piece of the puzzle that I'm lucky I figured out early. To be honest with you because a lot of people don't figure it out early is that you got to be happy with what you're doing you you kind of get con- i wouldn't say confused but maybe um misguided in terms of life in terms of getting into the rat race of working a job because you know you get into the whole thing of having needing a job to pay for your bills and also yeah. wanting to live and have fun in terms of whatever you do for fun there there are things of course that you can't do that don't cost money to have fun but there are a shit ton more things that do cost money And I never begrudge anybody for wanting to go to a movie or to go to a concert. Whatever it is that you enjoy, you need that shit, right? Yeah. Never begrudge it. But the thing is that if you're hating eight hours a day, five days a week of what you're doing just to have that one weekend of a concert to enjoy, maybe you got to not do that whole week thing. You You shouldn't want to have to get to that concert so badly because the week you hate it so much because of the job you're doing. I and agree with that. There's too. a lot of people that are spending eight hours a day doing shit they don't like just because yeah. they need to there's pay the bills. There's a place for everybody. There's a place for everybody in their passion. There is no matter what. And it might be, doesn't mean you'll be a celebrity. Doesn't mean you'll be a CEO. Doesn't mean that but you'll have the media, best, again, best making, restaurant in Canada or in the United States. Social media is fucking that up though. Well, but, it, but you'll be able to still do it. So you can be an artist. You can be anything you want. You just have to put the energy into the time into it and keep doing it. And if it makes you happy... That's good. That's what it needs to do. Right. And that's that's what I tell people when they say, well, how did you get into PR? And you love it and you like it. And I said, there's lots of things I love. And I don't let PR just define me, but I love it. And it's something that I built and I strive towards because I wanted to wake up every day happy. And I wanted to do things that made me happy. I don't need to be a millionaire, but I want to be happy. Right. That's all, all I care about. Happiness comes first, right? Yeah. I care about being happy and being free and, yeah. and having choice and being able to make choices with my life it doesn't mean i need to have a a cash it'd be great if ever was a millionaire but i don't need to have that i just want to be able to support myself help my family and my friends when i need to and make choices and be free and just be happy that's it yeah i think that's simple and i think I, i know people are like oh it's easier said than done well it's it's true but if you wake up every day and it's for example going for a run every day or you go for a walk it makes you happy go and do it like just everybody knows what makes them happy so mm-hmm. just follow that route right that's follow your about. gut right yeah follow and, your happy you know, gut yeah that's it's like yeah follow your happy gut that should be on a shirt well you do it you're a pr person <laughs> yeah. go ahead right? there you go there's one for you 
do Follow one. your happy gut. Chrissy, man, thank you so much. Like, um, yeah, honestly, this was great. This was a great conversation. Like, shit, we gotta we gotta talk more. Um, we do. And uh, let's we're gonna end it here because that's a great way to end it. Just say just do what makes you happy. Yeah, follow your happy gut.